Welcome, guys, gals, and non-binary pals to the I Couldn't Help But Wonder podcast, an unofficial Sex and the City podcast hosted by Joe Daniel Montelongo and Paige Clarno. So Paige and I were talking about TV shows that we should watch, and I told her that I actually hadn't completed watching the entire Sex and the City series, and Paige had the idea that we should watch it together, and I was like, Yes, that sounds like a fantastic idea because Paige gets it. (laughs) And then as we were talking about watching it together, we had a realization and we couldn't help but wonder how amazing it would be to watch a show that ended or that started 20 years ago and essentially talk about its themes and its ideas in today's setting. Obviously, not much has changed in 20 years in terms of societal norms, but just seeing what the what themes a TV show brought out in sense of how we figure out that they work now. And that's really fantastic dynamic, I think, that Paige and I have because I am younger. I am in a relationship. I am in a same-sex relationship currently. And I'm also polyamorous in a mon- monogamous relationship. And Paige, why don't you explain them your situation? So I am separated, almost divorced, um, and in a semi-exclusive relationship right now so it's an interesting dynamic for me um but it's more traditional in the sense of sex in the city so it's nice to have the traditional sense versus the non-traditional sense um so i'm excited to see different views and how everyone takes everything and i'm excited for all the hate mail that we're gonna receive because starting with the first episode we already had so much to say Mind you, we are fans of the series and of the films. Take that as you will. But we're going to go ahead and get started. Paige, why don't you lead us off with the summary of the first episode? All right. So episode one, the summary is a typical NYC breakup leads carry to the question, can women really have sex like a man? We get to know the main four ladies as Carrie explores a past fling. Charlotte turns down an eligible bachelor and Samantha picks him up. Miranda and Skipper have a bad date with a happy ending, and Mr. Big shakes Carrie's foundation of who she thought she was. Alrighty, so for those of you who are familiar with the series, you obviously understand all of the characters that we just brought up. But for those of you who are new to the series, well, as we explain, as we do a rundown of the episode, we'll be explaining more of who the characters are, what they represent in this show, because obviously you have to have a diverse cast to bring out the different themes, different topics, and have everyone respond to them. So please don't feel like you are lost. We are also lost. So we'll figure it all out together. That's what friends are for. Be perfect. So um, we open it up with the couple that we never see again. (laughs) Elizabeth and Tim. Iconically, the first relationship that we talk about. Um, My first thought when I watched it was that they had the most awkward sex of all time. Like, what is wrong with that? (laughs) What's, what is happening with the whole, like, arched back, like, I'm so sexy, but I'm not really screwing you kind of thing. It was awful. She was trying to do that showgirls, like, pool loving, which is like, ugh, ugh. Oh, that's the worst. The only way that that works is on VH1. <laughs> 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 only, re- only time. One of the major thoughts that I had at first was Elizabeth says that it was love at first sight between her and Tim. Because he Tim asks Elizabeth where she's from, and she's like, I'm from London. London, England. <laughs> and then Tim's like, oh my God, that's my favorite city in the whole world. 
And then Elizabeth creams. And she's like, this is the one for me. <laughs> this is how it's going to go. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was totally thrown by that. But I was thrown by um, the the line, so many great unmarried women, but not great unmarried men. And I can't figure out why that is. Like, that's almost still completely, like, how it is. Like, I was talking to the guy that I'm seeing right now, and I was talking about how I have so many promising, like, friends that totally should be in a relationship, and he even said, there's not a lot of quality guys out there right now. (laughs) Yeah, like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? There's not a lot of great quality guys? Like, I mean, they're kind of sometimes isn't, though. Like, I right. can see that, like, viewpoint. It's weird. Right. And it is so weird, though, because, like, what is it? That women outnumber men? I think so. Yeah. At this point, they do. Yeah. Women outnumber men. And there are so many great unmarried women, but all the great men are already married. They're already taken. This is why I just think everyone should become gay. And, like, all those great unmarried women can just hook up. Right? Not hook up. They should I, be in a relationship together. Yeah, I'm down. Like, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> there's there's so many, like, promising females that I wish I was a lesbian and I would completely go after right now. And then I was talking with someone, I think it was at work, and they were talking about how in China it's actually really scary right now because all the females who are unmarried, they're trying to get into relationships because that's the way the culture works. They're supposed to marry a Chinese man to carry on the tradition, to carry on the culture. But Chinese men are actually outsourcing their wives, essentially. They're marrying foreign women just because they're trying to expand a little bit more. So in a population where the females outnumber the men and the men are still going out of their way not to be with the women that are around them, that just leaves so many more unmarried women. That's a mess. (laughs) A mess. That is a mess. Kind of like... The way that they break the fourth wall. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So I obviously missed, like, the first, what, one, two, three seasons where they talked to the camera. And I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't know that was a staple early on. I just thought it was Carrie doing all the narration. And in the first five minutes, everyone was talking to the camera like they were being interviewed. I was like, this, they just completely dropped this. Yeah. Either carry on with your hot mess or don't have it at all. You can't just give up halfway through. (laughs) It is... Such a train wreck. And I always forget about it until I'm rewatching the series. And then I think they're going to knock this off like in three episodes. But it's like two seasons worth of fourth wall breaking ass hattery. It's ridiculous. Ass hattery. I... This episode sponsored by Austin's ass hattery. If you're looking for the perfect place to put your head, why don't you put it in one of his ass hats? All right. Now back to our regularly sponsored program. <laughs> So, what do we have next? So, we've got, um, why don't women marry the fat short guy? So, as Carrie proposes the question, why are there so many un- great unmarried women but no great unmarried men, they do a kind of interview session back and forth between men and, f- between men and women, where men are saying, well, it's just because girls' standards are so high. They don't want to date a short guy. They don't want to date a fat guy. They want to date someone who's attractive, who's 6'2", who's tall, dark, and handsome. But they never, they never settle for the short, fat guy. And then Miranda's like, no, seriously, I've dated the short, fat guys. And they're just as awful as the tall, good-looking guys. And 
I personally can completely attest <laughs> to that. Like, it's nuts how many, like, guys just, we, yeah, we don't. Like, as a 35-year-old, I feel like I shouldn't have to settle anymore. I really don't. Like, and that's totally a line from Miranda in, in the pilot. And, like, I don't need to. I don't need to settle. Like, this is bullshit. Like, I am good enough that I can deal with my shit. Like, it's just, like, how I feel as a woman. And it's just interesting. And it's also interesting how I feel like watching this this specific episode, like, the, the right guy is an illusion. Right, because you're never going to have the one guy that checks off all the boxes. Right. I have seen enough romantic comedies with my sister and my mom and just me going out to do it by myself to know that there is no guy that checks off all the boxes. Because he will have checked off all five boxes that you think you have, but then there's one negative quality. Either he, like, hates dogs or is super into Nickelback or something. There's always a downfall. (laughs) And there is no right guy. So essentially, don't we have to settle if there is no right guy? Yeah. And I mean, that's that gets into like a polyamory conversation that we'll, I'm sure we'll have in a different podcast. <laughs> um, I'm I wanna, grinning. <laughs> I super want to leave that for a later time because I that will we will absolutely get into. But yeah, I feel like they kind of make it seem like the right guy is an, an illusion. And... Like, who we have next is that we don't want to be in a relationship, but we don't want to be treated like objects as women. I thought that was, she was talking about guys. Yeah, because it was Miranda talking about how men don't want to be in relationships with women, they just want to sleep around. But when the woman gets the power to sleep around, the guys don't like being treated like sex objects. They're just like, wait, hold on. This is not how this works. Like, I treat you like a sex object. You can't do that to me. Like, I have feelings. Mm-hmm. And that's what she was pointing out, kind of the hypocrisy of it, where if men want to have, or if women want to have sex like men, then men are going to have to fill the roles that women usually fulfill, where it's sex objects, where it's you're not ready to be in a relationship, or you just don't see yourself settling down right now, but you still want to, ha- like, go around fucking all these people. And essentially what they bring up is... Yeah, if girls want to try that out, good for them. And then the guys get really, really upset because they're being treated like sex objects. They're not... They don't have a girl who's begging for them to take them on dates or be in relationships with them. And since the power play has kind of shifted, the guys are kind of left out in an unbalance where they have just no idea what's going on because that's not what they're used to. Right. And we're so, like, conflicted as a society right now. I feel like, you know, women want to be the feminist, strong people that you know we are are meant to be at the same time like just caveman mentality dictates that we want to be taken care of and it's such a juxtaposition of like what we feel that we should be doing versus what we want to be doing and it's like this just really really weird kind of like situation like when Kiri first meets Mr. Big She's, like, super awkward. She, like, spills her purse everywhere. She picks up the condoms, and she's, like, embarrassed, yet, like, confident about the way that she's, like, yeah, that's right. I carry around a bunch of condoms. Fuck you. At the same time, she was, like, oh, my God, I carry around a bunch of condoms. I'm a slut. (laughs) Yeah, and she, and mind you, this is after having put in our theory into actual experiment. She hooks up with the prior fling, who I guess had broken her heart several times before. 
and her best friend Anthony, who I totally love, because Anthony Anthony gets it. He's the best. He tries to keep her from doing all this nonsense, but she doesn't listen, obviously. So here's a note. Always listen to the friend that's trying to keep you out of some shit. <laughs> True. Um, but she hooks up with a former fling just because she's like, okay, I'm going to hook up with a guy, not want to continue a relationship, and just see how that goes. And he goes down on her. She has an orgasm. And he's like, all right, it's my turn. She's like, actually, you know what? I'm super busy. I have to go. And then she goes. <laughs> and he's just like, what the hell? That is not what he was expecting. And as she's walking out, she bumps into bit or no, she bumps into someone else on New York streets because it's New York streets. Obviously, no one gives a fuck, so the guy just keeps walking. All of her, all of the contents of her purse spill out, including the condoms. And then Big comes over and helps her pick everything up, and there are the condoms. Hmm. And there's like this look on her face. She's like, "Yeah, I carry condoms. Like that's not an issue." Like already defensive. Big hasn't even said anything. But then he just looks at her, and she's also just like, oh, man, I hope he doesn't get the wrong impression that I'm carrying all these condoms. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of just like, obviously, it's new for her to be trying to have sex like a man, which I don't like it referred to that way. Can it just no. be... can it just having, be, like, casual sex? Having casual sex. Yeah, just having casual I think, sex. I think where it stems from in time plays a big part. They're saying having sex like a man. Mm -hmm. But from this point forward, because we are in the future now... Having casual sex. <laughs> right. Casual sex. Nothing. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's just so... And it is. It's weird. It's, it's weird as a chick to have that whole casual sex thing because it's never casual. Like... Never. Like, almost never are you that chill enough of a girl to be like, oh, yeah, I'm just having sex. Whatever. It's fine. Like, you can do whatever you want. That's not a thing. That happens. There's always going to be some tie of emotion connected whether that's his emotion your emotion there's always like a little bit of emotion that goes along with it which is like i don't know like screwed up but what can you do <laughs> you know that like, is so interesting because like i'm thinking about casual sex and i've had sex with friends who like i don't have strong like romantic relationship feelings for but then we have sex and like it's cool and i don't need to i don't need them to take me on dates i don't need like some aftercare afterwards. I don't need a cuddle. Like I like I know what it came for, and we both got it, and we're done now. And like just from what I felt, like I've never felt that like still emotion after that. So it's just so interesting being from like, like well not necessarily the male or female perspective, but from Paige's perspective yeah. and my perspective that I'm like, no, I've been able. Oh, I guess maybe because it was friends and not like a stranger. Yeah. I feel that could have like, changed something. See, if I feel like I feel like if I had had sex with a stranger, which I never have, but if I had gotten to the point where I'd have I'd had sex with a stranger, I think it would be way easier because it's like I'm never gonna see you again, so it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. Like we just had sex, it's cool, no cuddling, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> like it would be different, but like all of the casual sex that that I have had f with like friends has been like a okay see you at rehearsal which is just fucking creepy oh yeah which you're like there's no like you you connect and for people who are listening who are not in the theater community which i'm sure there's going to be some of you like there's the whole idea of showmance which like is this kind of connection that you have with people when you're working on a show together but once that show is over it's very rare that, like, there's something that actually stays from that because you're just caught up in whatever play you're doing. And it's just a weird sort of 
like attraction but not attraction and sometimes like it's totally fine like once the show is over like both of you are like okay the show is over and clearly we're not in the show anymore and so we're done like it's no not that big of a deal but yeah it's it's weird I have never personally had sex without any sort of feeling and I get that people can do it and like I understand it but I personally have never experienced it there's always a little bit that happens and just as a quick note, obviously me, Paige, and I do not represent the entire gender sexuality spectrum. I, uh, I identify as male, and Paige identifies as female. So we're not spe- I'm not speaking for all males, and Paige is not speaking for all females. We're just letting you know our perspectives. And hopefully by the end of this, we gain a little bit more perspective outside of what we know. So take that as you will. Yeah, and we welcome emails and, like, just different perspectives on this kind of thing. And honestly, like, moving on, like, I have never, I have never personally been to New York City. I want to go someday. But our club's just loud bars with food. Paige pointed that out <laughs> because, like, I don't, I don't go to clubs very much. I go to bars infrequently because I hate going out. But um, we were watching the show, and it just seemed like they were at a really, really loud bar. I was, I'm here thinking that clubs are like a music scene. It's really dark. There's like disco music playing. Obviously, I'm out of the loop, or I'm still stuck in the 70s. <laughs> but that's what I thought a club was. And we're watching this, and it's just a bar. People are just sitting around talking, having drinks. Nobody's dancing. People right. are just, it's well lit. <laughs> yeah, right. It's totally well lit. And it's... I spent 10 years in Vegas, and so it's sort of weird because, in my opinion, like, that's a bar. And a club is a completely different story, but they call it a club. And so just this really, really weird, like, setup. And I feel like that's the way the whole series. And I will absolutely, when we come across one and I feel like I'm wrong, I'll be like, okay, I was wrong. But I feel like every single time they're like, oh my God, we're going to this new club XYZ. And then it's always a place with food and loud music. And, <laughs> and I like, it never like figure out, I'm like, that's not a club, guys. What's wrong with you? Paige, so- we were watching it and I'm, I'm here trying to figure out like, all right, where is sex taking us? Where are relationships taking us? Where are these four gals taking us? And the page is like, did they see that they're at a club? They're at a bar. This is a bar. This is a loud bar, and they have food. <laughs> these are the these are the real questions. <laughs> these are the real sex questions. Sex in the city. So for all our New York City listeners, could you let us know what the fuck is going on with your situation? What is your damage with bars? <laughs> right. Those are not clubs. <laughs> let me tell you. All right, and so let's see. Moving on, we have the the casual sex conversation in this episode. I feel like it would absolutely never happen. What do you feel? Casual sex conversation. Was she? Who was she talking to at that point? I don't necessarily remember. Um. So we're so we're garbage, and we haven't actually watched the episode in like two weeks. Okay, but also but here's we the have fair watched thing: it twice. we watched <laughs> the first episode twice, getting everything prepared, and then we went on hiatus from a podcast that we hadn't even started yet. Because me and Paige <laughs> are very busy socialites here in the Reno scene. True, and 
we just got busy. So I don't know where this note came from. Um, take it as a standard note. I have conversations about casual sex with everybody. Why? Because I'm an open person. Uh, one of my dream jobs is to be a sex educator. That's not going to happen <laughs> ever. But that's one of my dreams. And I'm actually part of this club at the university where it's kind of like a grown-up sex ed class where we talk more about gender identity, sexual relations, power dynamics, things like that. And I think just because I have that close group of friends that essentially we talk about all that stuff, it carries out into my other relationships. And, like, I've never felt sex to be something to be embarrassed about or shameful about. So I'll have that conversation with anybody. So, yeah, a little so a little background on me. Sex was absolutely never talked about in my house. It wasn't a thing at all. Like, it wasn't something that even existed. Like, she signed it off. My mom signed off on all of my sex ed, like, classes. And we never, ever talked about it. And if you go by, like, Nevada sex ed type style classes. I just rolled my eyes. <laughs> you... Like, basically what happens is that you get told how sex works. And then in seventh grade, you get shown a video of some very, very awful looking STDs. Yeah. Fucking, they're trying to scare you off from having sex early, which is fucking garbage. Why? Because if you educate people, you can reduce the risk of contracting STIs or spreading them around or spreading around false information. Get it together, America. Sex isn't a terrible thing, you fucking assholes. <laughs> yeah, so I was I was basically raised to believe that it was a very clinical thing. And so it was very, very late in my development that I realized that it was something that could be enjoyed. And so I feel like there's a lot of my sexual history that has been skewed, essentially, because I'm thinking about it a different way. You know, and also not to bring it back to gender, but also you're a female, True. and for the most part, females are taught that sex isn't necessarily something that you're enjoying. It's sex that you have to. It's something you have to do to produce babies, to please your man. Like I was talking. Okay, I'm gonna throw her under the bus, but hopefully she doesn't mind. I was talking with my mom, mm-hmm. and my mom told me Love that <laughs> she didn't experience her first orgasm until after she was thirty. Oh, mind you, she had three children by this point. If you're listening to this, I love you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I am also sorry. I told her, I was like, um, you need a good dicking down because that is garbage. It is. And uh, she's told me that she was just raised in a community where she's like, well, like not as women aren't necessarily entitled to good sex. Like you have sex to please your man and then to have children. Hmm. And I was just so completely thrown because I was like. So every time you had sex with a man, you helped him reach orgasm every single time. But it wasn't until after you were 30 that you achieved your first orgasm. Like, what is that garbage? Yeah. And it's and like that's ingrained in women, honestly. Like, there's a lot of like emotion that comes along with that where you're like, no, you need to come. But you're not thinking about if you like... Your partner needs to come, but you're not thinking about if you need to come. Like, you you are always secondary. And that's, like, something that sounds crazy, but, like, to this day, I will absolutely think about. You know, like, I'm I'm in a new relationship, and I've thought about it. And then I've thought, what the fuck am I talking about? He's not worried about it. What the fuck should I be worried about it? 
You know, like, mm-hmm. no one's asking me if, like, I'm having an orgasm. Why the fuck should I be asking him? Like, that's bullshit. So it's like, I don't know. Like, it's it's interesting at the same time. Like, I, the casual sex conversation is not um, the conversation that I'm going to be having with everybody, even people that, like, I'm sleeping with. Is like that's interesting. Right, which is, like, weird. But, like... I feel like it's almost, as a woman, it's almost rude, like, not to let somebody, like, or make make it so that some, that your partner finishes. Right, and Carrie, and Carrie Bradshaw, the main character of Sex and City, does that in the first episode. She decides that she's going to have sex like a man, sleeps with a past fling, and then she comes, and not only does she come, she comes by having a male go down on her. It's not penetrative sex, it's sex that takes work, that for the most part gets joked about that guys hate giving oral sex because it takes so long, because a girl can never get off. And she makes him make her come. Mm-hmm. And then once they're done, she's like, all right, bye. And then later on, he approaches, what's his, what's his name? Um, it's not Kit Harrington. No, no, it's not. I don't have no idea. It's something Harrington because I thought it was Kit Harrington. I was like, yo, no, Kit? that's homie Is it from. Kit? I don't know. Fake ass Kit Harrington. Right. He approaches her later at their fake ass club and he kind of looks really angry for a minute. And I was kind of worried when he approaches her. He's like, yo, that wasn't cool. Like, it's so rude that you didn't finish me off. Mm-hmm. But then he comes back. He's like, but that was awesome. Like, we should totally do it again. And here's Carrie hoping that he gets something out of it and learns something. And then he just kind of reinforces the idea that casual sex is totally cool. And Carrie's kind of upset at this happening. And honestly, like, from a theater slash acting perspective, that was bullshit. (laughs) I just want to say right the fuck now. He's like, I can't believe you didn't finish me off. 360. But, you know, this was really awesome and we should do it again. What the fuck is that? Stop it. What the fuck is that? What that is, is that's lazy ass writing. I'm sorry. Ooh, Darren Star, they're coming for you. I'm so sorry, but that's true. Like, he just completely just went from one direction to another direction. It was like, what's wrong with you? And I understand that it's trying to make a point that it's like, oh, yeah, I really like it when you try and have sex with a man because now we can just use each other. And that makes... Carrie feels shitty, which of course it's going to make her feel shitty. It's like, oh, okay, we're okay using each other. Like, that's going to hurt her feelings. She's a woman. That's the way that it goes. Like, and women just have hurt feelings. That's the way that it goes. I'm sorry, but like, we are sensitive. We try and put up a, you know, hard sort of shell but at the same time, we're still incredibly vulnerable. All we want is for, you know, somebody to love us. And, you know, we'll do stuff. We'll go the distance to to make that kind of thing happen. Like Samantha. Samantha knows. She knows that it was Capote Duncan that went out with. Right. That went out with um, Charlotte. Which is the Samantha and Charlotte are other are the other two best friends in their foursome along with Miranda and Carrie. Mm-hmm. So she knows she meets him at the club. She knows that he just went out on a date with Charlotte, but she still goes home with him. She still flirts with him is like, Oh yeah, I want to see your artwork and goes home with him and fucks him. 
And this is literally the only time I feel that we see Samantha's vulnerability where he's like, well, I need to get up really early. So you can't spend the night. So you can't spend the night. And she's like, it's fine. But then it's not. Like, yeah, she looks super face. sad, super depressed. And I was like, homie, you don't want to stay here anyways. Like, you're Samantha fucking Jones. Right. Which she shouldn't. She shouldn't want to. Like, that's bullshit. And then just giving a little bit of background. Charlotte is a character who's kind of more traditional. She believes in the female and male respect, um, respective roles and how everything should play out. She doesn't believe in having sex like a man. She believes that women have feelings... They can't have sex without having feelings, so that's not going to work out for her. And she goes on a date with Capote Duncan, who's a fucking dickbag. <laughs> Garbage motherfucker. And then she tells him that she's not going to have sex with him. And then he's like, actually, you know what? That is totally cool. Super fine. And then she's leaving, and he hops in the same cab as her. <laughs> and she's thinking it's like some grand gesture of romance, because they planned another date. He's like, no, I'm going to go to the club. Like, I'm going to go have sex. Like, you didn't have sex with me. And we're still going to have a date next week. But, like, I still need to have sex tonight. And then she's kind of hurt. And now Samantha is the more outgoing. She already has sex like a man. She doesn't want to be tied down. She's just here for her own pleasure. And I really, really relate to her. I really love Samantha (laughs) Jones. Obviously, everybody loves Samantha Jones. But Samantha Jones... Um, her and Carrie are at this fake-ass club, and they run into Big again. And Samantha tells Carrie to go hit on Big, because obviously that should happen. And then Carrie's like, no, I don't see it happening. Ha, sucker. Just wait up. <laughs> Just wait till CC later. And Samantha's like, fine, if you don't hit on him, I will. And Samantha's hitting on Big. Big is, super, is being super respectful, super nice, but he's just not having it, and he doesn't want to sleep with her. And Samantha kind of takes that as an insult. Where she's like, well, everybody wants to sleep with me. Like, what do you mean? Like, I have really good sex. People want to sleep with me. And so then Capote Duncan comes to the same club that they're all at, surprisingly. And Samantha decides to go home with Capote Duncan. Now, this brought up a conversation that me and Paige were having about sloppy seconds. (laughs) So, like, if you knew that one of your close friends and your immediate gal click, gal group. Yeah was going on a date with a guy and he's at the club later on why would you have sex with him like there's something in the girl code or the bro code about that right. about having sex with someone that one of your close friends immediately just went on a date with mm-hmm. so that's kind of something that i didn't like as a startup to samantha because like i like samantha later on i am just meeting her for the first time in this introductory sense and i was like yeah that's kind of it's kind of fucking garbage. Like, you can't do that. Especially not to Charlotte, who's already having this dilemma where all of her friends are trying to go around sleeping with men. And she kind of wants something a little bit more secure. Granted, she wasn't going to get that with Capote Duncan. But it still doesn't take away from the fact that Samantha slept with someone that Charlotte, her close friend, was super excited to go on a date with. Right. Yeah. And I would, as a woman, there's absolutely no way that I would be like... Shouldn't you be on a date with my friend right now? You're fucking garbage. Like, there's literally no way that I'd be like, oh, you're supposed to be on a date with my friend right now, but you're out here, so clearly it didn't work out, so I'm going to bang you. Like, there's no realm in where that's okay. Like, even if I am a sexual anthropologist, which is what Carrie calls herself in the car with Big later, which he then says... 
what does he say? He's like, you're a prostitute. So you're, <laughs> you're a prostitute. So you're a prostitute, which it's like, fair. <laughs> <laughs> she's not a prostitute. She's just being a big old whore because she's not getting paid for it. Right. Actually, no, she's getting paid for it because she runs a column. Man, we are so bad at giving this background information. <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw runs a column for a New York newspaper magazine. Yeah, a shitty one. The New York Star. The New York Star. <laughs> and she gives advice about sex and relationships. So she's a sexual anthropologist in the sense that she finds these answers to all the questions that people have about sex, relationships, romance, things like that. So she's a sexual anthropologist and big confuser for being a prostitute. Right. Just to let you know, we are not slut-shaming. I fully believe in having sex with whoever, whatever you want. Actually, not whatever. Hold on. I take that back. A consenting <laughs> shaming a human. <laughs> a cons- have sex with all the consenting humans that you want. Just be sure that you're smart and safe. Mm-hmm. I am not slut-shaming. Please don't interpret that as me slut-shaming. <laughs> do not come for me. I do not deserve this. I am on <laughs> I your do side. Not deserve this. <laughs> no. And you know what? Like, totally... I was offended when he was like, you're the, you know, I'm a sort of a sexual anthropologist. Oh, so you're a prostitute. I was like, big, shut your whore mouth right now. (laughs) I was offended at him calling a prostitute. Shut your whore mouth. Shut your whore mouth. That's right. I have double standards when it comes to prostitution. (laughs) No, but seriously, it's like we are. And that's another like woman issue that I will absolutely get down on where it's like, listen, like we have sex quote unquote, like a man, and we're a prostitute. Whereas if it was a guy writing a sex column, he'd just be a fucking stud. And he'd be uh, he'd be writing for a better newspaper. Yes. People would take him more seriously. He'd mm-hmm. probably have a Pulitzer Prize. Why? Because gender roles are fucking garbage. Yeah. And gender roles continue on when he says that she has never been in love. Big calls out Carrie for never being in love after she kind of tells him what he's up, what she's up to. Mm-hmm. She tells him that she's trying to figure out the solution if men or if women can really have sex like men. She's like no no emotional attachment, no nothing. Just wham bam, thank you, sir. And Big calls her. I was like, okay, well you've never been in love. That's why you kind of think and act the way you do. Mm-hmm. Which leads Carrie to ask Big if he's ever been in love. And here is the big kicker. Paige, you got really excited for this, so I'll let you announce it. I do, because he says, absolutely, which is the inception of absolutely into the pop culture lexicon. Like, that is seriously the first time that, that ever happened. Everybody says it. Even to this day, there's people that I know that say it. Like, as much as. Sex in the City is garbage. It is, <laughs> <laughs> it is also really, really intrinsic to our society and to what we think of sex and how we talk about sex. Like, it really did open up a lot of conversation for us at that particular point in time. Nobody would have ever said that, especially not, like, on any show except for on HBO. Would that be acceptable? And so that's, like... For me, anyway, that was a big deal. Like, that absolute fucking lootly you got to say fuck, first of all. Which is already a plus. I love incorporating fuck into every single sentence, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> right. But it, like, it's like saying exactly, yes, 
I've I've been in love. I've absolutely. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> right. I have been in love. He's been in. He's been in love. He understands it. And you know what? Like <laughs> as much as I hate to admit it, it's kind of true within the realm of Carrie Bradshaw. She has absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> never been in love. She's always treated them kind of like objects. And it really does rock her world in this first episode because she understands that there's something deeper than sex to a relationship. And it's kind of what jumpstarts this entire series, in my opinion. And actually... Carrie is so fucking rocked by Big announcing that he's absolutely been in love that the second the limousine pulls away and she turns around, she's completely thrown. Bam. The scene freezes. It's the end of the episode. Carrie looks completely thrown off of her entire game. And then here comes some fucking nasty ass, jazzy (laughs) film noir music to end the scene. And let me tell you, <laughs> if I had been alive when this first episode came out, just kidding, I was alive. I just want to make Paige feel old. <laughs> if I had, if this was my first entry into Sex in the City, this series, I would have dropped it immediately. <laughs> it was garbage. The looking at the camera, breaking the fourth wall, garbage. Yes. The nasty as jazzy film noir music was garbage. And the fact that they made it seem like it was such a like earth shattering thing that Gary just stops. And then like the even the cinematography was like garbage this entire episode. But like at this point, like it's a it's a it's angled. We can see the entire back way behind her. Everything's super dramatic and over the top. And, like, I can appreciate that now because I'm dramatic and angled and over the top. <laughs> but that doesn't take away from the fact that this was garbage. <laughs> yes, it was. Like, the first, I'm I'm not going to lie, the first two seasons are kind of garbage. They are. I'm so excited. But they do raise a lot of interesting questions, which we will absolutely cover. Perfect. And yeah, and it's, it is going to be great. But before we end this episode... I want to go over the Miranda storyline just a little bit because we kind of glazed over it. Yeah, we kind of neglected her this entire time, as most people do this entire series. Yes, Because it's Miranda. Because it's Miranda. And she, <laughs> I feel, is the most realistic of all of them. But in the sense that, like, that, it's not a good thing, honestly. <laughs> no, like, I, like, I love Miranda. If I had to, like, pick or whatever, like, I would be a Miranda. But... I'm a Carrie. <laughs> no, you're not. I know. <laughs> Duh. So, no, but seriously, so Miranda and this is like absolutely the voice of reason, in my opinion. The one that's like, no, we have to do this, we have to do, like, this isn't how these, this thing, these things work. She has to, um, she, she goes on a date with Skipper, who is just the, just, just, he's so sad. he's just one of those guys that like doesn't want to offend and like tries really hard to be the nice guy and to be the romantic guy and people like Miranda absolutely eat him for breakfast and so it's just it's really difficult but in the end in the very end of the episode you have to respect him because he goes for it and he grabs her and he kisses her and I thought that it was an interesting conversation to have 
that strong women and I myself being kind of a strong personality sort of agree with this, but I feel like all strong women in the end like to be sort of dominated when it comes Mm. to relationships, which I know is like very like controversial. And I know that we're going to get emails. What's our email? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Actually, what we're going to do is at the end of the podcast, we'll give you a link to all of our information because I was looking it up right now. Because I don't have my notebook that has our information on it. So perfect. So I'll find it by then. I'm you know what? I'm gonna let you guys in. So basically I feel like there's a lot of women and they are strong, confident women. And I feel like maybe this is like the whole like okay. <laughs> so in in like porn, like if you if you listen to like porn interviews and stuff like that. The women, when they come home at the end of the day, when they have sex, all they want to do is, like, have it missionary style and go to sleep. Like, they, they're, they've they already done all of, like, the crazy-ass shit in, on, on camera. They're done with it. It's bullshit. Like, they're, they're over it. And they just want to have sex in the missionary position. And they want to go to bed. Which is totally fair. And I feel like it's kind of the same way when it comes to, like, strong women. Strong women are strong women every day. They wake up in the morning. They're the only ones that are like, no, this is my shit. I need to get this done. And they get things done for not only them, but for everybody around them. You know, they absolutely take care of business. And so... I feel like when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, they're kind of like, no, I've been a strong personality all fucking day, and it's time for me to lay there and be taken care of, and as completely awful as that sounds, honestly, I feel like for the most part, for all the strong women that I've ever known in my life, this is the case. Where they're like, no, I have been alpha bitch all day. <laughs> and now let me show you like the awesome bruises that my man gave me last night. <laughs> because he totally alpha on me and it was hot. As he alpha on me. He alpha on me. I'm going to just, you know, copyright pending. Perfect. <laughs> But, yeah, I really do. I feel like that's a lot of, like, just strong women want to, in the end, like, just be dominated. Like, they're tired. They're tired in life. And they just want to be taken care of in bed, and it's hot. And as awful as that absolutely sounds, because they should be alpha in all things, in the end, like, that's awesome. And... That's how I feel about that. And I think that is so interesting. Essentially, like, where we are now in trying to respect women and women demanding things that are completely fair, like not being catcalled, not being approached when they don't want to, like, not necessarily having to tell a guy to back off just because he shouldn't be on to begin with. So if you have that alpha female who wants to be dominated, how do men who are trying to pursue those women go there? Without crossing the line. Right. Because, like, I th- a strong word that we're saying is dominating. So uh, what essentially Skipper does is he tries to talk to Miranda this entire night. And Miranda is just, like, blowing off everything he says. 
And she does it really well. Like, it's fucking brutal. She gets him into circles and how he works around it, I have no idea because he survived. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, Miranda's like, this was garbage. This was dumb. (laughs) This was a waste of time. And he just grabs her, pins her to a wall and kisses her. Mm -hmm. And she responds. And she responds and she likes it. She wants it. She's like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm. But in another situation where if a girl had been saying no to you all night and then you grab her, pin her to a wall and try to kiss her, homegirl's gonna fight you. Right. And then you got a lawsuit. (laughs) Like, it's a very... I don't... Um, as far as like straight males are concerned in this day and age, I don't envy them because they have a very, very fine line to walk because yes, we are independent. We don't want to be treated like we're children, but at the same time we want to be taken care of. And it's so like almost near impossible for, for men to be able to strike that balance. Like, it's really, it is really difficult for them. And it's really difficult for us as women as well to to be that, like, no, I'm independent. I'm taking care of myself. I'm not here to date you for your money. I'm not here to date you for what you can do for me or take care of me. I'm really just looking for an equal relationship. But at the same time, yes, everybody wants to be taken care of. It just depends on what your level of taking care of is. If it's a traditional thing, then the men want to be taken care of in the sense that they come home and they have dinner ready and they have like the whole thing going on and women want to be, you know, cherished and looked after, you know, in that kind of sense. And it's just sort of, but that's archaic. And so we reject those kind of stereotypes. And so it's really difficult to strike balance both with male and female right now so what can they do what what can men do to let them know that like i'm here to help you and take care of you need it but if you don't need it i also respect that i want to be your partner and you're equal while also still be dominating enough so when the girl's like well i don't want this i don't want you but i want you to dominate me Mm -hmm. like what what can we do it's hard yeah like for for the straight male it's hard and i can't even tell you because honestly there are women that i know that are alpha females and they're alpha females all the way like they do not want you dominating them in bed they don't want you dominating in anything they want you to be the beta male to just sit there and do what they ask and that's it. And there's other women that are like, no, I want you to get shit done. Like, I tell you to do something, you fucking do it. And then we can fuck afterwards and then you're in charge. And, like, I don't know. As a male, you have to sort of assess the situation. I guess you have to assess the situation. And I think if you're still very unsure whether you should take the leap or not take the leap, I would recommend not taking the leap. Yeah. Because that's safer. That doesn't put you in a bad position as well as that doesn't put the female that you're pursuing in a bad position. Because after all, we're here to look for love and good relationships and and that we want that from both sides. Mm-hmm. Not just from one side exclusively, not just for females, not just for males. But it is tough. And hopefully, because like, like me and Paige said, we're not the voice of our entire generations. Right. We're not the voice for all mm-hmm. men, all females, all non-gender binary so we are interested in hearing back from the people who listen to us. We, if you disagreed or if you agreed or if you want to add anything to what we have to say, feel free to contact us. And actually, I just pulled up our information. 
Um, you can contact us with questions or any responses to I couldn't help but podcast at gmail.com. I'll spell no funny spelling. I couldn't, no apostrophe, help but podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us at We Swear on Chanel, both on Twitter and Instagram. We will respond to both. And hopefully we can have this conversation going. We don't want this just to be me and Paige responding to Sex in the City. We want to hear what's going on. We want to bring these themes to people who may not watch Sex in the City or who watched Sex in the City long ago, but they don't watch it anymore or they just completely forgot about it. We want to bring out these themes and bring them to a broader world and get people talking. Right. That way we can answer the question. That way guys who are trying to pursue females know where's the line, when to cross it, when not to cross it, the type of signals to people give out. And for females to kind of just be like, okay, like this is when it's okay, this is when it's not okay, or like just don't fucking talk to me. Like I don't <laughs> want that right now. Right. Yeah. And we we plan on having a lot of guests when we go through different shows. We have friends that are polyamorous. We have gay friends, we have straight friends, we have friends that are in interesting relationships, we have May-December kind of romances going on. So we we hope to have all of those people on eventually and just to get their perspective. Um, so hopefully you guys will tune in and write in and contribute because we want this to be kind of a community event rather than me and JD just talking and bullshitting about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is not bullshit. And we'll do a much better job of getting everything organized and in context and not forgetting about Miranda. I, I can't promise that we won't forget about Miranda, but we will try our hardest not to forget about Miranda. And if you are in the Reno area and you're listening to us, feel free to contact us on the email, Instagram, Twitter platforms. And if you're interested in our being on our show, let us know. Because we are reaching out to some people to bring them on for the show for specific episodes. But if there's something that you want to come in and talk about or specific episodes that you want to talk about, let us know and we would be more than happy to have you on. Right. And if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Um, and we will see you on episode two. Episode two and three. Yes. Two From and now three. on, we'll be doing two episodes per hour episode. So... Two TV episodes per one podcast episode. Just get yes. more ideas going. That way we don't have seven years of podcasts <laughs> to do. <laughs> Which, you know, if we do end up with that, you're welcome. You are very, very <laughs> welcome. I'm going to plug myself. You okay. can follow me at Joe Daniel BB on Twitter or <laughs> Petty Prince Jr. on Instagram. Paige, where can they find you? Um, so I am Paige in Reno land on Instagram and I am at Paige Clarno on on Twitter. I don't tweet as much as I should. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to try and be better at it. But it is P-A-I-G-E-C-L-A-R-N-O. Um, and we will obviously put this in the notes and everything, too. So follow us, love us, and we will see you the next episode. Thank you very much for listening to I Couldn't Help But Podcast. Bye. Bye.